Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Father. We just thank you that we're at church together. We're your family and uh, we're your kids. We love you. We humble ourselves before you and we open our heart. Speak to us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Give two people around you a high five on the way down. Thanks, guys. Well, how is everyone? Who's good at asking questions? I'll tell you a funny story. I went to Melbourne this week and I was coming back and the plane was full, but there was two spare seats next to me. And I thought, yeah, I might have a spare seat and I might be able to go next to the window seat. And uh, all of a sudden I heard, hello, can you stand up? And I looked up, there's this big biker guy, tats and um, American biker something on his shirt. And he goes, there's another one coming. So I get up and this guy's huge, the guy behind him was just massive. <laughs> so I squeeze over and he sits down and um, the lady next to me on the other aisle sits going, wow, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I've always wanted to sit next to a biker and ask them lots of questions. Because when do, you get to, when do you get to talk to a biker? And so I just had all these questions. So I kind of wait till they settled in and um, off I launched. I asked him about cocaine. So I don't really know much about cocaine. So um, he told me, we don't have any white stuff in our, in our chapter. And uh, so I asked him how much it costs and what they did with it and all this stuff. And the other question I always want to ask a biker is this, how do you hold the bike up? You know when they stop at traffic lights? It's really heavy. Have you ever thought, how do they hold the bike up? I have often thought that. So I asked him, how do you hold the bike up? And he told me about Jap bikes and Harley bikes. And, um, and then he said, what do you do? <laughs> I go, I'm a pastor. He goes, like a Catholic priest? I'm thinking, no. I say, no, happy clappy. And he goes, oh, he said, I don't believe it. I do good stuff. And um, then we, gee, we had a good talk. He told me about he had lost some of his mates and um, I said, what do you think about afterlife? He said, there's just blackness. And uh, so I said, no, no, there's actually heaven. And we had a really good talk. And uh, I just want to say this, be a good question asker. You know, if you are safe and you ask questions, it it opens up doorways. And um, anyway, Father, I pray for Chubb. That was his name. I pray for Chubb that he finds you in his world, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So I want to ask you a question today, tonight. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Tonight, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do a tag team. I'm going to do a bit of theology. And then Ivan's going to talk about his own experience. And then we're going to pray for some of you. But I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit is not. He's not a ghost. He's not uh, impersonal. He's not someone that floats around like a mist. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person with a personality. He has a voice. 
He has a mind. He has emotions. He has a will. And he has a hand on your life. He's guiding you, nudging you, wanting to speak to you. Let me ask you this question. How did the church start? If you were God, how would you start the church? You know, he didn't do an opening ceremony. He didn't kind of gather people around so we're going to have an opening ceremony. We're going to cut the tape. He didn't buy tickets to the first church. He didn't announce it from a loudspeaker in heaven. Before he left, he didn't make a speech or give a vision, talk, expectations, who will lead it, policy and documents. He didn't have a marketing strategy. No to all of these. He said to the 500, he said to his people, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait in an upper room for me. In the end, there were only 120 that could wait. But this is how the church started. Acts 2, it says this, And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Who does that? Like we're starting a new government tomorrow. Imagine if they did it like that. Imagine if they were all down in Canberra praying in the, or being in one voice singing and the, and the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came and they all started to speak in another language. God is so weird. He's so other and out of this world and does such different things. And that's why I love him. Let me tell you this. If the Holy Spirit started the church like that, he's going to keep doing different things. Always. And, he's going to, and he keeps wanting us to rely on him. And he keeps wanting the Holy Spirit to do different things. God instituted the church by sending the third person of the Holy Spirit. He started this thing. No one will ever be able to stand against it. The gates of hell shall never prevail against the church. And uh, he will finish her. The Holy Spirit is what Frederick Brinner calls the shy member of the Trinity. It is not the shyness of timidity. It is the shyness of being centred on another. The Holy Spirit's job description is honouring Christ. Frederick Brunner says this, The Holy Spirit does not mind being Cinderella outside the ballroom if the prince is honoured inside his kingdom. We are spiritual beings. We're made in his image. He is the one who dwells in our inner man, in our essence. Proverbs 20, 27 says this, The Spirit of God breathed into man is like a living lamp, a shining light, searching into the innermost chamber of our being. So I can look at Lisa now, but I can only really see a third of her. Two-thirds of her is unseen. Your soul, I can't see your soul. Your soul is unseen and your spirit is unseen. Um, so one-third of you is physical, we can see, but two-thirds is invisible, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in your spirit. Christ sent the Holy Spirit. Christ can't dwell in you because he was a physical body, he was person, but the Holy Spirit can dwell in you because he is the Spirit. And if you died tonight and went up to heaven, you might see the Father and you'd see the Son and you might say, hey, but where's the third person of the, of the Trinity? Where's the Holy Spirit? And Christ would say, well, he's not here. 
The Holy Spirit isn't in heaven. Jesus would say the Holy Spirit is on earth. Um, the Trinity is a mystery. I meant to bring up an orange. You've probably all seen this um, little object lesson. But, you know, if I showed you an orange and I said there was lots of parts of the orange, there's the skin of the orange, there's the pith of the orange, there's the juice of the orange, there's the flesh, flesh of the orange. But it's all just as much orange as each other, but it's all got a different function. Same with Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Different functions, but all God. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament reveals the Father, that God is for us. The New Testament reveals Jesus, who was with us. But um, the church era now, it's the Holy Spirit who is in us. He's a person. The Holy Spirit doesn't have a body. You don't need to have a body to be a person. But you, you do need to have a body to be a human, but not a person. Jesus referred to him as he. The Holy Spirit has all the attributes of God. He's not less than God. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all submit to one of these, all oneness, and they've always been. And I can't answer all the questions for you tonight about the Holy Spirit, but you don't want a God that you know everything about that hasn't got mystery. That wouldn't be God. That would be someone you can control. He's eternal. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's perfect. He's holy. He's sovereign. He's the power of God. Jesus said to his disciples, Wait till you receive the power from on high. Jesus didn't do miracles until the Spirit of God came upon him. What does he do? Well, in John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he teaches us about Christ. He's got a narrow job description and he stays on job description. He lives in you and he teaches you about Christ. He's an advocate. He's the comforter. He's the one that we fellowship with. 2 Corinthians 13 says this, Now may the grace and joyous favour of the Lord Jesus Christ, the unambiguous love of God and the precious communion that we share on the Holy Spirit be yours continually. Amen. The Greek word for communion is kanoina. And it means community, communion, and intimacy. And that's why um, Britt was saying she heard him speak. He's the one that speaks to you. He's the voice of God. His voice sounds like your voice. It's not going to sound like my voice or this big booming voice. You need to get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never force you, will never push you, will never manipulate you. You can get to know the Holy Spirit as much as you want. It depends on your surrender and how you open heart and say, Holy Spirit, I want to know your voice. Yongi Cho says this. Yongi Cho had a beautiful relationship with the Holy Spirit. He had the biggest church in the world, as far as I know. I went there once. I bore my eyes out the whole time. He opened his mouth. He said one word and the presence of God was all over him. But he said this. He said, I know the voice of the Holy Spirit better than I know the voice of my wife. Um, so receiving the Holy Spirit. When we first receive Christ and become a Christian, we receive the Holy Spirit. John 20 says this, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So the disciples received the Holy Spirit. 
However, the Bible speaks of a second experience, which is called baptism in the Holy Spirit. Some people call it being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to get hung up on anything. I don't want you to get hung up on um, too much. If you get hung up on too much, you're going to... Um, you're going to overthink and you're not going to sense the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit really often bypasses our mind. We sense him in our spirit. And you can block him by overthinking. But there's a second experience. Uh, I've already talked to you about the second experience in Acts 2. So the disciples had received the Holy Spirit, but they waited it. And in um, the upper room, the Holy Spirit came and baptised them in the Holy Spirit. So we receive the Holy Spirit, but there's a second infilling. It's completely being baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the scripture talks in Ephesians about being filled over and over and over again with the Holy Spirit. And that happens when we empty. So when you empty yourself and you surrender the Holy Spirit can come and fill you. If you don't surrender, he's not going to bash and barge his way in. And there's a beautiful quote I heard somebody that's, somebody say this, heaven never runs out of fullness. Earth just runs out of emptiness. Um, well, the more surrendered you are, the more he can fill you. And I don't want you to get hung up on about, about being good and being perfect. None of us would be filled with the Holy Spirit if we waited to be perfect. He's not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for humble vessels that just say, I need you. And I'm hungry for your Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, I just want to talk about one other thing, and that's the gift of speaking in tongues. So when the Spirit comes, he gives us gifts. He never comes empty-handed. He comes to give you gifts. And that scripture talks about when they got baptised with the Holy Spirit, they started to speak in other languages. And it's called the gift of speaking in tongues. And many people in our church speak in tongues. It's not a weird thing. It's just a language. Let, let me not get um, off track because I want to give it to Ivan. It says they received a new language. They received the gift of tongues. And that word is the word language. Praying in tongues does what to the spirit is like what the gym is to the body. It strengthens us. Jude 20 says this, but you dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into us and he speaks another language. I speak in tongues all the time. If you sit next to me in church, you will hear me speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues on the way to church. I speak in tongues under my breath. I speak in tongues because what it's doing is going like this. In my spirit, it's building me up. Do I understand what I'm saying? I haven't got a clue what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, For I pray in if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am praying. We are all limited by language. The average English speaker has a vocabulary of 10 to 20,000 words. Sometimes we feel frustrated because we can't express or find the words to say what we want. Sometimes it helps us to pray under pressure. Let me ask you this. When you get to heaven, will we speak in English? Will we speak in Greek? In Hebrew? I don't know what language you will speak. But I know this, that when I get to heaven, I will understand what everybody is saying. And that's what happened when the Holy Spirit came and gave them the language. They all started speaking in languages. Everybody of every ethnicity understood what they were saying. So the Holy Spirit has a language. 
1 Corinthians 14, 8, lastly, Paul says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. We don't speak in tongues from up the front here because what would be the worth of that? You wouldn't know what I was saying. It's a personal language from the Holy Spirit. I often pray in tongues when I'm praying just in my own world privately. I often pray in tongues when I don't know how to pray for you. Sometimes if you come at the front, I start praying the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit starts stirring up, stirring up. When I'm discouraged, I don't know what to do. I start praying in the Holy Spirit. I stir up my faith. All right, I'm going to ask Ivan to come and he's going to share some of his testimony. Thanks, Ivan. I'm going to leave this water here, Ivan, if you want. I might need a drink, actually. Thanks, Roz. Okay. First day of new government. 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 <laughs> so it's the first day of new direction. You know what I like? Holy Spirit's already there. Holy Spirit goes before us. The great south land of the Holy Spirit. It's already there. He's already gone before us. Holy Spirit, I believe, will be pulling some of you in new direction. Bring new direction. All he's doing is realigning you, realigning you with himself. It's pretty exciting, really. Just before I start, Josh, I just want to say to you, mate, you're in fertile soil here, okay? You know, you've had seed spoken into you, seed poured into you. The eyes of your heart are starting to open. The seeds are starting to sprout. New direction coming. And that be excited, Josh. And that's so. Uh, the Lord said... I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. Isaiah 44 and 3. John 3 and 8. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. It's pretty exciting, eh? You know, they're just two verses, two promises in the word of God talking about the Holy Spirit. The word of God is full of beautiful verses on the Holy Spirit, beautiful promises on the Holy Spirit. You know, what an incredible gift that's available to each and every one of us. What an amazing gift that's available to each of us. You know, we can cry out for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? You know, am I willing to allow God to do it his way or does it have to fit in with my way? You know, do I want it to work in with me, with what I want? See, what we're doing is we're asking for an experience with God. An experience with God? That's pretty significant. That's pretty incredible. So am I willing to receive the Holy Spirit however he should appear in my life? You know, when I was baptised in the Spirit, or empowered in the Spirit as I like to call it, the one thing I learned about the Holy Spirit is that he won't be contained. You cannot contain the Holy Spirit. He cannot be controlled. He won't allow you to control him. He cannot be put in a box. Remember that verse I just read out? The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. 
And that's important to me because, you know, I, I was brought up in a strict church or a religious church, you might call it. And I won't tell you the denomination. You can guess it for yourself. And that's a, and a, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was full of beautiful people. You know, I was in it from the age of four, grew up in an unchurched home, but I loved my church family. But for them, they didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And they just thought they weren't relevant, you know. And speaking in tongues, that was of the devil. The devil. And I believed it. Why wouldn't I? That's what I was taught. So you'd never speak in tongues. Long story short, save time. You know, I was a Christian for more than 15 years. When I come to a place in life where I thought there's got to be more. There has to be more in life, you know, and I'm not going to go into why I come to that place, but I was being challenged. You know, the biggest thing for me is, and it's a promise, I'm a first-generation Christian. For me, it's important that I set a firm foundation for the generations to come, and that's really important for me. Just a quick note, if I start crying, don't panic for me. Just go with me. Come with me. And that's... Uh, the spirit of truth was starting to speak to me, okay? That's what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So he started to challenge me on things that I believed, things that I was brought up with. I'd watched Donna go on the journey and I thought, oh, here we go, you know, as you do, as a bloke says about his wife, you know, this will be good. Anyway, I saw her getting excited about the Holy Spirit and I thought, man, I'm missing out, you know? So I thought I've made the decision that I've got to do my own journey. You know, I've got to search and seek the Holy Spirit, which wasn't easy because I was very shy, okay? I was very insecure because of my upbringing. And, uh, you know, I had a father that escaped the war in Yugoslavia, came out to Australia. He, he had a horrific upbringing. And that's, you know, he uh, lived through some really uh, bad tragedy. My mum, who lived in severe poverty, was sent here from Greece, okay, for an arranged marriage with my dad. Uh, both all they knew was survival mode. You know, that, that was their life. First three years of their life, they couldn't even speak the same language. And, uh, you know, what I was born in the first year of that marriage, so no wonder I walk around confused sometimes. It's like, and let's, uh, it, but, you know, they copped a lot of racism, abuse on top of what they were brought up with. And uh, as I said, you know, I was born into that. So as I started my journey and my search for the Holy Spirit, you know, I was on the back foot because I had a lot of baggage, not only from church going up in my church, but also from my family. And that, so, you know, it was a real challenge, but I was up for it. You know, Luke 11 and 13 said, Our Heavenly Father will not withhold the Holy Spirit from us. Ask him for what we need. What did I need? What was I missing out on, Lord? You know, I'm a committed Christian. I love going to church. I went to church every Sunday. I grew up in the Brethren Church, so I knew the word pretty well. It was a good church. But again, to save time, you know, I had words spoken over me. I, you know, I, I prayed. I spent time in, with our God, you know, reading the word. I went for walks and I said, give me a picture, Lord. You know, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. You know what? It was in that season. There's much more to this story, but it was in that season, I believe, I was baptised or empowered in the Spirit. And this is what I noticed. 
actually, it was, I, I'd got to a place where I was out in surrender, total surrender, handing it over, letting go of stuff. And this is what I noticed. I felt empowered. I really did. It was like someone flicked the switch. Number one, I had a passion for God to want to spend time with him, you know, to seek out the gifts that he'd put in me. It's like I took ownership. You know, it was like, you know, I used to talk about the Lord and what the Lord did, but all of a sudden he was my Lord. This is my Lord. Oh, Lord, my Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. He's my Lord. Number two, I felt boldness to stand for my Lord and who I was to know that I'm here for a reason, you know, that I have purpose, that I'm part of God's plan. You know what? The Holy Spirit started to assure me that I had favour. I was a favoured son. Maybe some of you need to hear that tonight, that favour of God's on you too. Your favoured daughters, your favoured sons. A big thing for me was he softened me. See, I was quite hardened and closed off, especially from my upbringing. So the Holy Spirit helped me go on this emotional journey to be open and honest with God. You know, it was okay to fail so long as I learnt from it use my past to launch into the future. Some of you need to hear, you can use your past to launch into the future. The Holy Spirit's always teaching me how to love people, always, and I never want to not learn, keep learning that either. I need to love everyone. I need to accept them for who they are, just get on with people. I don't have to be right all the time. Just get on with people. It's a broken world. And you know what? My Lord is the answer to the broken world. My Lord's the answer to freedom. My favourite, which Roz mentioned, the Holy Spirit gave me my own personal spiritual language, my own prayer language. And this is an incredible story for another day, but... The very thing I grew up believing in, that it was from the devil. Now I have this beautiful prayer language where my spirit connects with the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. Awesome. It really does bring me to tears a lot of the time. And so as we wrap up, just a little bit more, you know, on where the Holy Spirit takes me in Romans 8, 10 to 12. It says that Jesus dwells within us. His Spirit made us, His Spirit made His home in our spirits. You know, at times Scripture tells us that we are in Him, but other verses tells us that He's in us. That He lives His life through the bodies and souls of those that He's rescued. Guess what? His presence is more than in the room. You ready for this? We are the room that he's in. 
We are the room that he's in. What do you need? Ask him. Do you need a vision, a new vision, fresh vision? Do you need something to happen? Do you need something not to happen? Talk to him. Ask him for a picture. I always, I always go for a walk and I say, talk to me, Lord. Give me a picture. Show me something. Show me something fresh, something new. You know, I love the ocean. I live near the ocean. So often I'll go down and I'll, I'll stand and I'll look out and I just watch the ocean and, you know, sometimes the tide's going out, sometimes it's coming in. You know, you'll see the swells rolling in. You'll see the waves break. There might be a rip going that way, a rip going out to sea. You'll see shallow bodies of water there. You'll see deep bodies of water out further. You'll see, the, you know, the streams and rivers running into the ocean. All different bodies of water, but all part of the ocean. The ocean is in them. They are in the ocean. He's in us. We are in Him. There's so much more of you in God. So much more. You know, I'm always saying to the guys up the back in our home base group, I'm always saying, men, watch the Holy Spirit every day. Watch what he's doing. Look for him, actually, whether he's in you, doing something in you, doing something through you, showing you something, doing something in someone else, doing something through someone else. Learn to watch the Holy Spirit. Watch him move. Every day you can do that and you actually get really good at it, watching the Holy Spirit move through people, through you, speaking to you afresh. as I wrap up now and I ask some of you to come up if you want prayer but I'll give you an example of the Holy Spirit moving and this was a day not like any normal day but you know every day is awesome in the Holy Spirit you know last week we had our blokes church and I know some of you were there and it was an awesome night but I got up that morning and I was excited you know I could feel the Holy Spirit moving and so I you know I wrote on the app we have a men's app and I said men I'm excited for tonight the Spirit's moving I can feel it and so the day went on and it was really you know I could feel just come with me I could feel the Spirit moving all day and then in the afternoon the guys arrive and you know we all had our jobs I, you know I always say to, to the guys up there this is your night this is your church you know you know you guys are putting this on and that's how we all had our jobs some were on the barbecue some were on the Dora's greeters some were on the tea and coffee some were handing out communion some were up here sharing you know everyone was important every one of them had the Holy Spirit in them and I remember uh in the afternoon, Jeff, and, um, and we, we stood down here and we were talking and, uh, and we both just looked at each other. Both had tears in our eyes and I'm thinking, well, mate, have I got dust or something in my eye, you know? Like... But we both said, hey, the Holy Spirit's here. 
We both sensed it. We could see it. We knew it. And when I look back now, it was like I was thinking, it's going to be great tonight, no matter what happens. But I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, you wait and see what happens. I'll show you something, what happens. Anyway, there was still more than an hour to go before it started. And uh, I'm standing at the door and I'm watching cars drive in and uh, blokes come in. And I'm thinking, I don't know any of these blokes. You know, Jeff said, I've invited 10 or 20 blokes from the rehab to come along, you know. And uh, I'm standing at the door and I'm watching these blokes pour in. I'm thinking, we haven't even started the barbie yet, you know. Like, I had the urn boiled and, uh, and these guys are pouring in one after the other, you know. One after the other, after the other. And they kept pouring in and the cafe's getting filled with blokes and... The water, we were running out of hot water. And uh, before we knew it, Jeff, you know, we had 60, 70 blokes from the rehabs filling up our whole cafe, all unchurched, all unchurched. Man, the Holy Spirit's moving. And then our blokes turn up, you know, and I'm watching our blokes in action. And, uh, you know, it was so exciting. It was so exciting. You know, we had 100 sausages and we just fell way short, you know. And that we just couldn't, you know, I mean, one sausage each, guys, one sausage each, but didn't matter. We were just short, didn't, it, it honestly didn't matter one bit. And I loved watching all our guys, you know, they're saying, you know, well, look at this, this is awesome. You know, how can I help? What can I do? You know, talk to this bloke, you know, you know, give him sausages, give him tea, give him coffee, you know, it was just the whole night was a buzz. You know, and then we come in here in the auditorium and all our blokes sat there and filled those seats and all the rehab blokes squashed into the dark corners of the back because they didn't want to be seen, you know. They're probably shame. Some of them were fresh out of jail. Some of them were going to jail tomorrow. But that's over. They were all hiding up there. And I looked and I thought, man, this is church. This is church. And you know what, James got up here in his wheelchair and he shared how he had everything and then lost it all and he was rebuilding his life. And I'm looking down there and, you know, the perfect message for these guys, you know, they're down there and they're thinking, we're rebuilding our lives. I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, you're talking to them. You're talking to them. He's gone before us. And I went home that night, man, I was pumped. I was pumped, you know. You know, I saw church like I'd never seen church before. And as I wrap up, you know, the Holy Spirit says to me, you know, you saw what you thought your church looked like, but I showed you what my church looks like. What does the church of the Holy Spirit look like? Where the Holy Spirit's moving? What does it look like? You know, we've grown up in church. We can pitch and we know what church looks like to us. But imagine if we let the Holy Spirit move to show us what it looks like to Him. What church can really be like. Be released. Be set free to move in the Spirit. I'm going to call Roz up. Now, but you know what I'm thinking? Maybe you've never been baptised in the Spirit. Maybe you've never been empowered in the Spirit. I'm going to ask you to come up and stand on this side. Let's all stand right now as the band start to play. 
you've never been baptised in the Spirit and it's all new to you, you've never heard of it before or you've always wanted to but never thought it was you. And if you've grown up in mainstream church like I did, it will be foreign to you. It will be something that you're trying to control, but you have to let it go. And just before Roz takes it on this side, I know there's people that want to be refreshed in the Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit wants to do something fresh in you. I know He wants to take you in a new direction. And what better time to do it than now? Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.